Hi everyone, this is Dennis. I have a special product announcement about a great gift. The Digital 2 7-inch Pad Deluxe. It has many of the great features that you would find on the more expensive tablets. I'll be selling this tablet with the option of purchasing it with a 32 gigabyte SDHC card filled with whatever content is available for your choice. Now you'll choose from either cartoons, westerns, and sci-fi. And the westerns and sci-fi are going to be broken down to where you can say I want only TV or I want movies. For example, I put cartoons on one of these 32 gigabyte SDHC cards. It holds over 50 hours of cartoons. Now that is a great gift. I'm giving this tablet to all of my grandchildren. Go to oldtimeradiodvd.com and check out this perfect gift for Christmas. Only 25 available. Order today at oldtimeradiodvd.com. You'll be glad you did. The Jell-O Program, starring Jack Benny, with Mary Livingston, Phil Harris, Dennis Day, and yours truly, Don Wilson. The orchestra opens the program with Night After Night. Everything from soup to jello. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is the best way I know to describe a really complete meal. For jello adds to any table that grand final touch of pleasure and perfection. Its rich glowing color is a tempting invitation to pick up that spoon and start right in on this swell, inviting dessert. And just to taste it is to know the ultimate in good things to eat. Yes, there's nothing more attractive than a bright, shimmering mold of delicious Jell-O. And there's certainly nothing more delightful than Jell-O's rare, distinctive flavor, as enticing and refreshing as the juicy, ripe fruit itself. So, friends, make the next meal really complete by topping it off with a top-notch Jell-O dessert made with any of Jell-O's six delicious flavors. Ask your grocer for several packages of Jell-O tomorrow. And when you buy, look for those big red letters on the box. They spell Jell-O, and Jell-O spells a treat. was night after night played by the orchestra. And now, ladies and gentlemen, we bring you our master of ceremonies, a man Hold who... it, Don. Hold it. Just a minute. Jack isn't here yet. Well, where is he? Well, he's out in the hall talking to Orson Welles on the telephone. You mean Orson Welles, the famous actor? Yeah. What's he talking to him about? Well, it's a long story. Jack is still burned up because he didn't win the Academy Award this year. So from now on, he's going in for heavy dramatic stuff. And right now, he's trying to get Orson Welles to coach him. Ain't that a Lulu? <laughs> but, gee, Mr. Benny's a comedian. What does he want dramatic lessons for? That's what I say. He ought to stick to them big shoes and baggy pants. <laughs> I better go out in the hall and get him, though. Yeah, tell him to make it snappy. We're on the air. Okay. Yes, I understand, Orson. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Quite. Oh, but Definitely. Uh, very well, Orson. I shall be expecting you within the hour. Hey, Jackson, we're waiting for you. I'll be there in a minute, uh, Phil, old boy. <laughs> By the way, Orson, shall I send my car for you? Will you take a cab? I mean cab. <laughs> oh, very well. I shall be looking forward to your visit. Thanks very much. <laughs> uh, goodbye. Well, that's that. Hey, kind of putting on the dog there, wasn't you? Phil, don't say wasn't you. 
hurt my ears. Well, get a load of him. He talks to Orson Welles for two minutes, and my English ain't good enough for him. And don't say ain't. Heaven. Oh, stop with that highbrow stuff. What are you trying to do? Make me feel subconscious? <laughs> That's self-conscious. And listen, Phil, when Orson Welles gets here, will you do me a favor and talk just with your hands? I'll tell him you've got laryngitis or something. Come on, let's go inside. Yes, let's join the others. Pip, pip. <laughs> Gee, you're funny. You know, Phil, it's amazing that you haven't got your own program. Well, I may have one of these days. I often dream about my own show. Oh, you do? Well, maybe I can arrange for the Sandman to tear up your option. <laughs> Come on, subconscious. Oh, hello, Dennis. Hello, Mr. Benny. Uh, hello, Don. Sorry I'm late. Oh, that's all right, Jack. Uh, shall I go ahead now with your introduction? No, don't bother. Let it go tonight. Well, no build-up for the star, huh? It isn't necessary, Phil. I think I'm fairly well-known, don't you? You're Don Tootin. Everybody knows you, Mr. Benny. Why, your name is famous from coast to coast. Well, thanks, Dennis. That kid will work next year. <laughs> That's not flattery, Phil. I've been in show business for a long time, and naturally, my name has become more or less familiar. Well, let me tell you something, Jackson. When I go out on the road with my band, I hit a lot of towns where they've never even heard of you. No kidding. That's a fact. Well, Phil, in the kind of towns you play, you can get eight to one that shoes are a passing fancy. <laughs> you never played a town yet where you didn't have to get off a train and get on a bus. Get off the bus and get on a horse. Get off the horse and crawl through the brush. <laughs> You've got the only band in the world with a folding bass drum. <laughs> <laughs> Say, Don. Yes, Jack? I meant to tell you, I just spoke to Orson Welles on the phone. He's coming over in a little while. Well, uh, Phil mentioned something about it, uh... He said that you wanted Mr. Wells to coach you in dramatics. Yes, and he has consented to help me out. Gee, Mr. Benny, you're a swell actor now. You don't need any coaching. Yes, I do, Dennis. That's right. Don't change your mind so fast. <laughs> you know, Don, uh, I've been doing comedy for a long time in radio and pictures, and, oh, I don't know, comedy is all right in a way, but I've decided to go in for deeper things. Now, Dennis... Yes, please? Um... <laughs> Mr. Wells will be here pretty soon, so I think you ought to get your song over with it. You got something ready? Yes, Mr. Benny. This being St. Patrick's Day, I'm going to sing a real old Irish folk song called Phil the Fluter's Ball. Well, that's very apropos. Go ahead, Dennis. Okay. Hey, uh, Jack, I forgot to ask you, how's Mary getting along? Uh, Mary, uh, she's much better, Don, but she'll have to stay in bed a couple more days. Well, I'm glad she's improving. Hey, what's the matter with Mary? Oh, she had a bad... Uh, Dennis, you can close your mouth. We're going to talk for a while. <laughs> okay. Uh, she uh, had a bad cold, Phil. I think it was a touch of the flu, but she's getting along fine. Has Mary got a nurse? Yes, Phil, and she's gorgeous. Well, all right. <laughs> and her husband, who was six feet four and could break you right in two, isn't bad looking either. Sing, Dennis. I think there'll be no more interruptions. <laughs> You heard of Phil the Fluter of the town of Ballymuck The time to go on hard with him and fax the man was broke So he just went out and noticed to his neighbors one and all 
as how he'd like the company that evening at a ball. And when right now he was careful to suggest to them, if they found a hat of his convenient to the door, the more they put in whenever he requested them, the better would the music be for dancing on the floor with the toot of the toot. Well, I had to do something. See, my legs throbbing and I got a fever and everything. Maybe that's her now. Come in. Hello, Jack. Happy birthday. Oh, thanks, Don. Happy birthday, Mr. Benny. Are you feeling better? Oh, a little, Dennis, but I'm still not myself. My leg hurts and I ache all over. Oh, that's too bad. Well, anyway, Jack, you're a year older today. That doesn't help any either. Now, listen, Mary, I wouldn't say anything if I were you after that birthday present you gave me. You know, fellas, I just received a lovely bottle of rubbing alcohol from Miss Livingston. No kidding. Yeah, what a present. Suppose if I had a cold, she'd have bought me Kleenex. If I had a headache, she'd have bought me a box of aspirin. As long as you stay under a dollar, you're safe. Just what I was getting at. I wouldn't mind that so much, Mary, but after the beautiful birthday presents, I always give you. Remember that mink jacket three years ago? That mink jacket. Every spring it comes out to look at a shadow. Oh, you, you always have to run and get things to praise. Yeah, I wish my nurse would get here or my doctor or somebody. I'm tired of lying here in bed. You want to teach me some more casino, boy? No, I lost $80. That's enough. And incidentally, Rochester, in as much as I was teaching you the game, I'm charging you $60 per lesson. So I only owe you 20 And if I recall correctly, I recently gave you my old blue suit, which is worth at least $20, so I really don't owe you anything. I know we'd arrive there, but I didn't know just... And the twiddle of the fiddle-o, hopping in the middle like a heron on the griddle-o, up, down, hands around, crossing to the wall, oh, hadn't we a gaiety... I fill the fluter's ball. Very good, very good. You hear that, doll? That was, uh, that was Phil the Fluter's Ball, sung by Dennis Day, a real Irishman. You know, Dennis, is a funny thing, but you're the only Irishman I ever met that I can lick. Don't be too sure about that, buddy. <laughs> I guess I picked the wrong day, folks. Say, I wonder what's keeping Orson. He ought to be here pretty soon. But, Jack, you must remember that Mr. Wells is a very busy man. Between his radio program and directing, producing, and acting in pictures, he has plenty to do. Oh, I know he has a heavy schedule. In fact, I don't know how he ever finds time to come down here and help you out. Well, you see, Don, he and I are old friends. We went to high school together. High school together? Why, Orson Welles is only 24 years old. Phil, he graduated from high school at the age of five. Don't you read the magazine? <laughs> Why, when he was seven, he played Uncle Tom, Simon Legree, Little Eva, and the cabin in Uncle Tom's cabin. <laughs> So don't tell me about Orson Welles. Pretty smart youngster, huh? Not only smart, Don, but he grew up so fast. Why, he used to wear diapers with cuffs on them. <laughs> oh, what, what a kid, huh? So he's going to coach you, eh, Mr. Benny? Yes, Dennis, in dramatic art. And I'll tell you one thing, fellas. With his technique and my feeling for the finer things, who knows what results I can attain? Who knows where I can go? If Mary was here, she'd have a suggestion. <laughs> no doubt. But I'm quite serious, Phil. Anyway, when Orson gets here... Oh, gosh, that must be him. Come in. Pardon me, has Mr. Wells arrived yet? No, not yet. I'm his secretary, Miss Wentworth. If you don't mind, I'll wait for him. Oh, no, no. Come right in. Thank you. Oh, Mr. Harris, will you please show Miss Wentworth to a chair? Sure, park the chassis here, babe. <laughs> 
Phil, make yourself uh, comfortable, Miss Wentworth. Now, as I was saying, fellas, when Mr. Wells gets here, I don't want any heckling. Just behave yourselves while we're rehearsing. What do you intend doing tonight, Jack? Goodbye, Mr. Chips? Oh, no, Don. We're going to work up to that gradually. Uh, first, he's going to teach me dramatic delivery and enunciation and how to breathe. Isn't that right, Miss Wentworth? I can hear you breathing way over here. I mean correctly. <laughs> you know, fellas, there's a way of breathing when you read lines that... Pardon me. Hello? Mr. Wells? Oh, he hasn't arrived yet, but I'll have him call you. Goodbye. Well. Who was that, Mr. Benny? It was... Oh, darn it, I was so excited, I forgot to ask. <laughs> well, you're a fine secretary. You're the secretary, not me. Well, then why did you answer the phone? Because it's my phone, that's why. I forgot to ask the man's name, so what? Mr. Wells won't like it. Look, miss, <laughs> don't worry about that. The party will probably call back again, and when they do, I'll... Come in. Excuse me, is this Studio B? Yes, sir. I was to meet Mr. Wells here. I'm Mr. Stone, his secretary. His secretary? Then who's Miss Wentworth? She's his private secretary. I'm right out in the open. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> well, uh, come right in. Mr. Wells should be here any moment. Thank you. How do you do, Miss Wentworth? Good evening, Mr. Stone. Hmm. Gee, that Orson's a pretty busy guy, ain't he? Phil, I warned you about saying ain't. Oh, that's right. He's a pretty busy guy, am he not? <laughs> Just let it go, Phil. Now, Don, I wish that Mr. you Stone, and Dennis... Mr. Stone, a script that Theodore Gill sent from New York. Thank you. And by the way, there was a phone call from Mr. Wells, but Mr. Benny failed to get the name. Oh, that's terrible. Well, I said I was excited, and I made a mistake. I'm sorry. Mr. Wells won't like it. <laughs> Nuts to Mr. Wells. <laughs> Gee, you'd think I'd murdered somebody. Now, now Don... Gee... Now, Don, as I was saying, if you and Dennis would be... Now what? Come in. Pardon me, I'm looking for Studio he B. He isn't I'm here recording. yet. Have a seat. Good morning, Mr. Wells. Good evening, Mr. Wells. Good evening, Mr. Wells. Oh, oh Orson! <laughs> Orson, come right in! Well. Well, I sure was didn't know you there for a second. I, uh, well, I'm glad you were able to make it, Orson. I was wondering... Mr. You... Stone, did Gabriel send in those sketches, the costumes, the picture? We'll be needing them soon, you know. Yes, Mr. Wells. I received that script from the theater guild. Good, good. Let me see it. Here you are, sir. Hmm, looks like a very interesting play. <laughs> well... However, to finish the second act, we'll need polishing. Gee. Oh, Orson... Before we get started, I'd like to have you meet some of the members. Miss Wentworth, did you cable Mr. Miller about the American rights to his new production, the one that opened last week in London? Yes, I did, Mr. Wells. And by the way, just before you arrived, the phone call came for you. But Mr. Benny didn't get the name. Stool pigeon. <laughs> I, uh, I was excited, Orson. That's all right, Jack, but watch those things in the future. <laughs> oh, I, oh, I, I will, I will. You know. I know, I know. Now, look, Doctor, I want to know if I can get out of here today and go home. You see, Doctor, Mr. Benny's anxious to get up because it's his birthday today. Well, congratulations, young man. How old are you? It's none of your business. I'm old enough to vote. For Lincoln. Mary. I'm trying to get some information here. Now, Doctor, when am... Oh, come in. Well, Jack, your nurse finally arrived. So I see. Awfully glad you dropped in, nurse. How's my little patient today? As if you cared. 
and take off those skis. <laughs> My goodness. Well, I'm only going to be here for a minute. Did you hear that, doctor? Fine nurse you recommended. Supposed to be taking care of me. She's out skiing with Phil Harris all day. You're a naughty girl, Miss Kelly. I'm sorry, kid. <laughs> Later, Miss Kelly. Hmm. Now, look, Doc, I want to find out if I can... Uh, Miss Kelly, will you please take Mr. Benny's pulse? Okay, Doctor. Let me have your wrist, Mr. Benny. Here. Well, are you going to come here? You want me to throw it over? <laughs> now, come here. All right. Here. Here's my... Oh, yes. Hmm. You see, Jack, the reason you haven't gone as far dramatically as you feel you should is because you've been selecting the wrong vehicles. I have? Definitely. For instance, if your goal is the Academy Award, as you say it is, you should concentrate... Oh, pardon me, Jack. There's something I must do. Miss Wentworth. Yes, Mr. Wells. Take a telegram to Mayor LaGuardia in New York City. Yes, sir. You see, Jack, you should concentrate on the heavier and more legitimate type of drama. I understand. Now, what would you suggest, Orson? Dear Mayor LaGuardia. Hmm. <laughs> Received your telegram, and if I'm in New York on the 29th, we'll be only too happy to attend the banquet. Well. However, we'll let you know in plenty of time if I ain't coming. Hey! Why, Orson, you said hey! Oh, Orson! <laughs> I'm surprised. Well, Jack, the use of the word ain't is sometimes permissible. You see, in this instance, by using ain't, I saved a word in a telegram. Oh. That's oh. all, Miss Wentworth. Yes, sir. Now, Jack, where were we? Well, you, uh, you were about to suggest a proper vehicle for me. Oh, yes. Now, the type of play that would offer you the greatest scope for emotional histrionics would be a literary classic, something like The Hunchback of Notre Dame. The Hunchback of Notre Dame? You mean, uh, Charles Lawton part? Exactly. Well, gee, that would be swell. Mr. Christian, come here! <laughs> uh, how's that? That's from Mutiny on the Bounty. Oh. Uh, Jack, you were pretty far away from Hunchback. He was pretty far away from Lawton, too. <laughs> we don't need any comments from you, Phil. You're barbaric. <laughs> <laughs> well, Orson, if the Hunchback is a play you feel I ought to do, let's try it out. I'm your obedient servant. <laughs> Shall we get started? Uh, yes. Mr. Stone, did you bring the script of The Hunchback with you? Here it is, Mr. Good. Stone. Now, Jack, here's a scene that we can start out with, which I think will give... Uh, pardon me, Orson. Come in. Excuse me, is Mr. Wells here? Why, yes, he is. It's your tailor, Mr. Wells. Oh, come in, Max. You might as well measure me right now. Okay, Mr. Wells. Mark this down, Sam. Right. Now, Jack, I think we can take this scene where the King of France meets the gypsy dancing girl, Esmeralda. Now, let's glance at it a minute. Next, 15 and a half. 15 and a half. Chest, 42. 42. Weight, 36. 36. Weight, 29. 29. Come on, Sam. Goodbye, Mr. Will. <laughs> Gee. Yes, I think this scene will be fine. Well, I'll do my best, Orson. Uh, now, do you... Oh, Miss Wentworth. Oh. Yes, Mr. Will. Take a memo to the tailor. No cuffs on the diapers. <laughs> Now, Orson, Orson, as I was saying, do you think I ought to give my own interpretation of the hunchback, or should I mimic Charles Lawton? In other words... Oh, darn it, excuse me. Hello? What? 
London? London, England? I think that's me, Jack. Gee, London. Hello? Oh, hello, Miller. So nice of you to call. Yes. Yes. Yes, I've Gee. heard splendid comment on your London production. I'd like very much to do it. Gee, all the way from London. I understand, Miller, but the Theater Guild has sent me a script, London. which I may have to do first. Uh-huh. Gee, who is? I never yes, yes. Phil, you better play something. This may take all day. Yes. My goodness, what a busy man. That's the point, Miller. I'm committed to the Guild till May 30th. However, if you could arrange to hold the American right... Woodpecker song played by Phil Harris and his orchestra, accompanied by Orson Welles on the telephone. <laughs> and Phil, uh, Phil, I'm very glad to see... <laughs> Phil, I'm very glad to see that you're not a hypocrite. What do you mean, hypocrite? I mean, your music was the same as always. You didn't play good just because we have a distinguished visitor. <laughs> well, Orson, uh, shall we get started with the hunchback of Notre Dame? Or Dom? I'm uh, raring to go. Oh, wait just a minute, Jack. Oh, uh, Mr. Wells, I have an important message to deliver right now, and I wish you'd listen to it and give me your frank opinion. I'd be glad to, Mr. Wilson. Don, Orson is here to help me. Well, this will just take a second, Jack. Oh. Ladies and gentlemen, next time you're in the mood for attempting an appetizing dessert, go to your neighborhood grocer and ask him for a package of Jell-O. You will find it's not only economical and easy to make, but comes in six delicious flavors. So be sure to insist on genuine Jell-O and look for the big red letters on the box. Wow. How was that, Mr. Wells? Very good, very good. But I wish there was some place you could bring elephants in there. Elephants? <laughs> what an imagination, huh? Well, let's get to me now, eh, Orson? All right, Jack. I see you're ready to play the hunchback. What did you do? Stuff a pillow up your back? No, that's my knapsack. I'm going to a scout meeting later. <laughs> Say, uh, Orson, I was just thinking, of course, I don't want to complain or anything, but as I remember in the picture, uh, Quasimodo the Hunchback had very little to say. In fact, all he did was grunt and groan, and that's not very dramatic, is it? Huh? Well, now, that's where you're wrong, Jack. A groan or a grunt, if properly delivered, can convey as much emotion as a whole page of dialogue. Well, perhaps you're right, although I never thought of it that way. I... Now, tell me, Jack, can you groan? Groan? You ought to hear him on payday. Well, you're the only one I resent paying. Well, now that you've explained it, Orson, I think I can handle it all right. Very good, then let's get started. Now, this particular scene calls for the King of France. I'll play that. Frollo, the King's High Justice, 
I'll say that, too. Hmm. Quasimodo, the hunchback. That must be me. Yes. And Esmeralda, the gypsy girl, oh, Miss Wentworth. Would you care to help us out, please? Delighted, Mr. Wells. Now, Orson, I notice in the script here that Quasimodo rings the bells in the tower of Notre Dame. Do you want me to ring them? No, I'll handle the bells. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> Incidentally, Jack, yeah. at the finish of this particular scene, you have a very dramatic speech where you tell Esmeralda not to be afraid of you. It's really the high spot of the play. Oh, well, I'll sure try and get it right, Orson. All right, then let's proceed. We open first with Esmeralda and Frollo. Now, quiet, everybody. Quiet, everybody. Mr. Wells is about to rehearse. You have the first line, Miss Wentworth. Yes, sir. <clears throat> Let me go. Don't touch me. You have the hands of the devil. Wait for such talk. I could have you burned at the stake. I am the law. Yes, the law that drives my people out of France. You deserve it. You are thieves and swindlers. You are lazy and you live by magic tricks and sorcery. But you don't know the gypsies. I don't want to know them. I want to wipe them with fire and sword. Every one of them. Uh, how how was that, Orson? Just grown once, Jack. Oh, well, the second one was an encore. Uh, go ahead. Now at this point, King Louis the Eleventh of France enters the scene. Esmeralda speaks. Oh, thank heaven. The king approaches. Maybe he will listen to me. You will be heard. I will help you, my child. Your majesty. But you must give me a good reason. They say you are a lot of thieves. Oh, no, your majesty. Whenever we steal, it is because we are hungry. Help us, child. Please help us. I will help you. You and your people will suffer no longer. <laughs> your people, my child, and tell them that their king will see that they have food and shelter, and that in the future they shall be unmolested. For this, I went to bed early last night. <laughs> now look, Orson. Yes, <laughs> Orson, look. Orson, I don't know what's wrong. I don't know what's wrong, but I don't feel those groans. <laughs> no, really, maybe, maybe I ain't breathing right. Jack, don't say ain't. It's bad English. Well, for heaven's sake, you said that it. That was in a telegram. Oh, well, Miss Wentworth, take a wire to Mr. Wells. Dear Orson, I ain't breathing right. <laughs> and another thing, Orson, when do I get to that long speech of mine? It's right here at the top of the next page. Esmeralda speaks again, continues Mr. Wentworth. Oh, thank you, Your Majesty. My people will always be grateful. Rest easy, my child. And now, goodbye. Goodbye, sire. Oh, wait, Your Majesty. Who is this ugly, misshapen creature that is staring at me? I'm frightened. That's your cue, Jack. Oh, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> it is I, Quasimodo. Do not be terrified of me. I am not a man and not a beast. Yes, I am human, too. I have a heart, and it wants to others. Hey, wait a minute, Orson. You're drowning out my boy. Well, the script calls for bell. I don't care. You don't have to ring him that loud, do you? I'm sorry. Try your speech again. Oh, Mr. Stone, will you ring the bells this time? I want to watch Mr. Benny. Yes, sir. Go ahead, Jack. Gee. <clears throat> it is I, Quasimodo. Do not be terrified of me. 
I am not a man and not a beast, but more looked down upon Hello? Than either. Yes, he's here. Yes, for you I as am well. You're calling. Thank you. I have a heart that warms you. Oh, hello, Harrington. I But people drive me off as though I were the evil one because my soul is imprisoned in an ugly body. I see here you promised that two weeks ago. Oh, the more painfully for all that is beautiful. That is why I look at you. You are very beautiful. And why you cry for me? Can I ask what all this going on, for heaven's sake? Oh, Mr. Bells, your suit is ready for a fitting. Thank you, Max. I'll try it on here. Oh, the heck with it. Play, Phil. What I go through for a career. <laughs> Folks, if you're looking for a swell dessert to serve for Easter dinner next Sunday, look no farther. Because here it is, the whole answer in a pastry shell... Jello Easter tarts, each one heaped to the brim with clear golden orange jello and several sections of tender, juicy oranges. <clears throat> yes, believe me, it's a glorious treat, and just as simple as it is satisfying. To make it, all you do is dissolve one package of orange jello and one pint of hot water. Chill until slightly thickened. Divide three medium oranges into sections, drain them, and arrange in eight baked tart shells. Fill the shells with jello, chill, and then, if desired, Garnish with whipped cream before serving. The result, ladies and gentlemen, is a truly marvelous dessert. So plan now to highlight next Sunday's dinner with one of the most delicious and intriguing treats you've ever tasted. Jello Easter Tarts, a grand combination of plump, juicy oranges and rich, brilliant orange jello. This is the last number of the 24th program in the current Jello series. And we will be with you again next Sunday night at the same time. Say, Orson, I'm sorry I blew up the way I did, but I would like to become a dramatic actor. Well, Jack, those things take time. But I'll tell you what, come over to my show next Sunday. We're going to do June Moon, and there's a swell part in it for you. Well, gee, I'll be glad to. Will I have to groan much? <laughs> no, Jack. There isn't a single groan in the entire play. Oh, gosh. And just when I had it down pat. <laughs> Good night, doll. Casting company.